Welcome into the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Zach Householder. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome into episode six of the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to continue with our divisional breakdowns. So we're going to do the AFC South tonight, which Alex is going to enjoy because all of his Colts content gets to do a full segment devoted to the Colts tonight. It's a good one. So, yeah, but before we get going, um, just a little, little updates. So him and I are participating in a 14-team dynasty startup, and neither of us have played a 14-team league before. And this has been a process, guys. Uh, the draft started with, like, no time limit, and the first round took, like, a full day, and then the second round took a full day. And then we finally got like a four hour timer put on each picks, but still a long time. It's 35 rounds. We are in round six. So it's, this is our third day of drafting. And like I'm looking at the, this McDunkin guy, three and a half hours left still. And I guarantee you he takes two more hours to make his pick. He's probably still, he's probably sleeping already. But anyways, yeah, this is our first time in a 14 team league. Um, Alex is drafting from the four spot, and I am drafting from the eight spot. It's been a lot of draft pick trading, more than either of us are used to. I also um, thought it was kind of weird how we got our draft decisions. Yeah, so let us know if you guys interested on this. Really, I mean, so it was randomized three times, and instead of that being the draft order, it was like that's the order you get to pick where you draft from. So I was third in that third randomization. So instead of just picking from the three spot, I chose to pick from the eight spot. And it just went down the list until everyone kind of picked a spot they wanted to draft from. So that was definitely different. I've never done that before, but it was, it was fine. I would have preferred the first randomization. I think I had the one-on-one. Yeah. But, oh well, can't win them all. But so far, my team is... I'll just go positional, just run it down. So running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Todd Gurley. Wide receivers have Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Tight end, I have Noah Fant. And this is the tight end premium league as well. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was happy to get Fant. Um, then my flex spots so far, I have DK Metcalf and Marquise Brown. So I'm still trying to fill in quarterback, uh, wide receiver, or another flex spot. So wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And then we have a ton of bench spots yet to fill in. So. Al, what does your team look like so far? Um, at running back, I have Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. Um, so far, my two wide receivers are Kenny Galladay and Deontay Johnson. Dick. And then, and then I have tight end Darren Waller and flex player Melvin Gordon. And I think it's fair to note that this is a 35-round draft. So we could be done about the middle of next month. We'll be lucky to get this done before the season kicks off. But yeah, so next week we'll probably be able to give another team update and we still won't be done at this pace. The following episode, we maybe might be able to do our whole team. But we won't run through the full roster because that's insane. Maybe we can do a roster breakdown for an episode. But anyways, yeah, that's what we've been up to. Um, Not a lot else. So we'll go ahead and jump into the AFC South Divisional Breakdown. So last week we did the AFC North and we actually had the same exact winners and losers 
um, on both both of our ends. We picked the division exactly the same. There is a little bit of difference in our picks here in the AFC South. So we'll go team by team and kind of structured a little bit different. So instead of talking through the teams and then going through the players at the end, let's just hit them all. Once we're talking about one team, let's talk about fantasy players we like, just to kind of keep things in order and compact. And yeah, just a little more organized. So we'll try that out and we'll go ahead and jump in here. We're gonna, the first team we're gonna talk about is Jacksonville. Oh yeah, they're the losers of this yeah. division for sure. So yeah, we'll, we'll hop into our AFC South divisional breakdown. Thanks for checking it out. Jacksonville sucks because their offense is terrible. Gardner Minshew, I mean, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, I think you go into the season thinking that Nick Foles isn't going to get hurt and then miss, you know, I think it was like eight or ten weeks. And then not win his job back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he came in for like half a game or something. But, I mean, he's from Washington – I don't know. You don't. I, the Pac-12 is not as good as they used to be. You know, you're not playing Washington as, State. Talking about Mitchell. Well, yeah, yeah. Washington, Washington State. State played under Mike Leach. That I that think they're still in the Pac-12 though. Yeah. Um. I mean, he did good as a rookie. Well, he's I a sixth-round he, pick, so I don't think there was high expectations ever set on him. Yeah, but, but he, he exceeded those for a but, rookie. He did very yeah. well. Um. But I mean, you saw him go up and down. I just don't think he has the caliber. He's not the caliber player that it'll take to get Jacksonville to the next the next stepping stone yeah. to be good. Do you think there's any logic to like them tanking by keeping Minshew in? Do you think they're they're in play for one of the, the quarterbacks of next year? Like do I think that's their plan? Like yeah. to keep Minshew in? They're like, oh Too we'll tank. keep Minshew in just so we suck. Yeah. And get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um I know last week you had said that you think the Redskins are going to oh, be locked in for that number one I, pick. I, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville's in the running for that for me. Oh, I think. I mean, they're going to be a top four pick mm-hmm. team for sure. But the I don't know. I still i I think if they put if they keep Minshew in the whole season, they will still turn out better than the Redskins will. Just because Dwayne Haskins is trash. He's, I mean, the guy's got a cannon for an arm, but he's lost some weight this year. He's down eleven pounds and like. Six or seven percent body fat is looking good. Yeah. Looking good. Hopefully that translates to the field. I like Haskins as a player. One thing I do like about Jacksonville compared to the Redskins is their wide receivers. I like DJ Shark. I like LaVisca Chanel. I mean, he's got some injury issues, but I don't know. He should still, he should still be pretty good. Yeah, Chanel was one of my favorite prospects in the draft this year, and he was a guy I was thinking about. At the time, I had a back end of the first round rookie pick. Yeah. And I was like, I'm all over Chenault there. But then as the injuries popped up, even right into the combine, he was injured at the combine, had to have surgery immediately after. Um, the injury issues pushed him down my board. I ended up not taking him at all. But I think he got picked in the third round of our draft, so he fell quite a bit. But still a very athletic player. Yeah. One thing that I also – don't like about the Jacksonville Jaguars and why I think they're going to be the losers of the AFC South is because that team from top to bottom seems to be so dysfunctional. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're kind of like the Bengals in, in a sense, like from ownership, front office to coaches to the team. I mean, it's just like yeah. no one, no one's on the same page. They all want different things. Yeah. Yannick and is literally calling out the ownership, yeah. demanding a trade, telling yeah. them they're all trash. And that's the other thing, dude. It's like, 
like four good players on the team seem like they want to be traded. Mm-hmm. You know, something's going on there. And they have this ship off Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye. Oh yeah. You know, one thing that's crazy to me is like, we're just a few years removed from the Saxonville defense. This team led by Blake Bortles that made a playoff run the boat. And here we are heading into 2020 talking about them as a, a team that's potentially tanking um, a team that was once led by their defense. Their defense was prolific that year. Um, but yeah, things have really turned around in a was that for Nets rookie year? It might have been. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like for a team to be that good, like led with Blake Bortles, they would have had to have a good running game. So I feel like the following season they were just, just disgusting yeah, to watch. Yeah, they fell off a cliff. But yeah, they were not that far away from a good Jacksonville team. And here we're thinking they're gonna be just the opposite. Um, pretty bad. So it's six and ten last year. Um, they need some offensive line help. They do. They need a lot of help, especially now defensively as well, that they let all these players go or traded them away or whatever. Yeah. So they looked like they're in full rebuild mode, which is why I kind of uh, lean in the tanking direction. I feel like they, they have a plan. It's just going to be tough for Jacksonville fans. If they could get Trevor Lawrence, though, I think that would be a good step in the right direction. There's, there's a few good, uh, good quarterbacks in this class. Justin Fields. There's a kid out of uh, North Dakota State. Trey Lance. That's mm-hmm. his name. I heard he is just amazing. So, I'm not in a mode where I want to start looking at 2021 rookie tape just yet. I'm still trying to get dynasty leagues and stuff figured out and redraft research kind of started out. So I'm not going to look too far ahead, but I do see Jacksonville in the running for one of those guys oh, yeah. next year. And there should be plenty of options for them to at least get one of them. So is there, is there coach Doug Moreau? Do you not even know? Why does that Let name, me look it up. I feel like that name has been tied to Jacksonville the past, but he's not the coach now. Doug Marone is the head coach. Correct. And they got Jake Rudin as their OC. And they actually did bring in um, Redskins running back, scat back, Chris Thompson. Okay. So he's familiar with the scheme there. Could be a change of pace back. So with Leonard Fournette, and I know you had mentioned him before we hopped on the pod as a player you liked heading into 2020 as, as a fantasy asset. And I think one thing last year with Leonard Fournette is his receptions were inflated huge, like oh, big yeah. time. Especially had, for one that can't, isn't oh, known for yeah. receiving the ball. Like Prior to last season, we had thought about Leonard Fournette in the same vein as like Derrick Henry, where he's just a good runner, but that's about it. And I think both those guys get kind of bashed on pretty hard for like just having – stone hands like uh-huh. they're capable but they're not like good route runners it's not what they're known for but Fournette had over 70 receptions last year but with chris thompson coming in i think he eats into that receiving work that being said Fournette should he, he only scored three rushing touchdowns last yeah, year and so I think that's where you'll see those numbers go up yeah so, i wouldn't i would imagine he's going to be upwards of I would say nine to eleven touchdowns. That that would make sense for the opportunity he got and the volume he saw last year. Yeah. So I don't think he'll see the same receiving volume, which could hurt his PPR outlook. But you're probably not drafting him, expecting seventy catches again. So and where you're drafting him to, if he gets those touchdowns, he should return good value there, um, with the potential to to outscore his draft position for sure. So yeah, is there another skill player that you're looking at in your drafts as maybe a, a guy you're targeting? Um, you mentioned DJ Chark and Chenault. I tend to avoid rookie wide receivers, but Chark is an interesting guy. He did have a breakout year last year. Chenault's not. I mean, if you're in a a dynasty league, it's going to be a 
a later round pick for sure. It depends on if the startup or rookie draft. Rookie draft, he's probably going in the middle rounds still. But if you're in a startup, you can scoop him late for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shark, I think, I mean, he's the top receiver for that team. Um, Minshew showed last year that he really enjoyed him. So I can imagine those numbers are just going to roll over to this year. Yeah, I agree. I think Shark is a good option. He's very young. He's super tall, really fast. He's got wheels. So, yeah, he's he's a prototypical one for uh, an NFL team. Uh-huh. And I think he was a second round pick the year he was drafted. So that he's got decent draft capital. So it was encouraging to see him kind of step into his own and kind of rise up to the occasion of being asked to be a team's number one. They had some injuries that kind of led to him seeing a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah, it was encouraging to see him step up and he's a really good dynasty asset now too, because he's still really young. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, we can talk about Chenault. A little bit because he's very gadgety, so he's not just a wide receiver. Was one said he was a Swiss Army knife. No, oh, yeah, that's the perfect kind of analogy for him. He can do it all. Like he's very physical. He's a bully uh, when he's running routes. He can climb the ladder and go up over a defender, and he's super strong. But when he catches the ball, he basically turns into a running back. So after the catch is where he does his damage. When he was weighing into the combine, he basically has the same like measurables as Ezekiel Elliott, about six foot, six foot one, two hundred twenty five pounds as a wide receiver. Uh, he ran a four five with an injured core. He had a core injury that was surgically repaired after the combine. Yeah, still ran a four five forty with that injury at the combine. So he's a freak athlete, and if he can stay healthy, which is my biggest concern with him, I think they can be really creative with getting him the ball. He could be a, a Cordero Patterson type yeah. where they need to game plan ways to get him involved, but not like to the detriment of the team where we saw Patterson just taking snaps away from David Montgomery because Matt Nagy's an idiot. I'm not going to lie, though. Those type of wide receivers piss me off. Like, I don't want to be a fantasy owner. Yeah, it's kind of like, like Taysom Hill, you know, like you don't want Taysom Hill on your team because you don't know what the plan is. Is he going to be a decoy? Is he going to do something like the – it's Tavon Austin-esque. Like, yeah. uh, Austin's a totally different player, but he has that gadget skill set where you don't know exactly what he's going to be asked to do. So in Chenault's case, what I will give him is the team needs wide receivers. They need offensive weapons. And they drafted the guy who can do really anything they ask him to. He can literally line up at H-back mm-hmm. and take handoffs. He's lined up in wildcat formations and run the ball that way. So there's a lot of creative options there with LaVisca Chanel and he's got an awesome name. So yeah, That's half of it is a, a redraft asset just given the, the need for weapons in Jacksonville. I wouldn't be afraid to taking Chanel with one of my last picks. Um, Cause you won't need to, to draft him any higher than that. He no. could be, if you're in a, a 15 or 16 round redraft league, pick 15 you know right at the end or you can scoop them off waivers um if one of your late round flyers doesn't quite pan out you can wait and see what lavisca chanel does in jacksonville so is he going to be offensive rookie of the year absolutely not no. but he'll be decent yeah he he could score some points and definitely not a guy we're saying that you're gonna start but uh if you need a, a flex position on a bye week you could do worse than lavisca chanel for sure yep you can probably do better as well so oh yeah um there's only a few pieces that I'm really interested in Jacksonville. And so you had mentioned Fournette and Chark. 
I would throw out Minshew as a, a name, especially if being you want a, a quarterback that's going to get you about twelve points. Yeah. Oh no, he'll get more than that. He'll get garbage time because their defense is going to be so bad. And if you're drafting late round Blake quarterbacks, Bortles, Blake Bortles always had garbage time, and he really was not that great. No, he was a fantasy, a fantasy stud. quarterback. I think he was a fantasy stud for a few years. Um, Maybe yeah. when Allen Robinson was there and that other guy. They were up at 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns one year, his breakout year. But as a late-round quarterback guy, when you're looking at making a choice between players like we expect to break out, but we don't really know. Like Minshew was serviceable last year. He had some good games, and he's got rushing upside. Like He's mm-hmm. kind of sneaky fast. So you got a guy who really exceeded expectations – the team is already committed to him as a starter in 2020. So he's training like a starter. Like he didn't go into last year thinking he was going to even see the field. And he ended up being thrown into this lineup and Minshew mania took over like the mustache, the jorts, like the dude was a character, but he changed the culture of Jacksonville and gave that fan base something to be excited about. So I think that Minshew is kind of embracing his role in that offense and his role now is starting quarterback. So he's going to go out there with a chip on his shoulder because no one believes in him. Obviously we're all thinking the Jacksonville's going to be terrible. Yeah. He's going to try to prove us wrong. So as a late round quarterback, I would consider Minshew in the same range. Drew Locke, because we haven't seen Drew Locke do it yet. And the teams he beat last year, he went four and one, but they're pretty bad teams, yeah. but it was nice to see him do it. But Minshew also competed against some pretty good teams. And, and I think Locke he's more mobile. Has a way better offense. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's some factors that would make me lean in Locke's direction, but those are the kind of choices you're going to have to make. You want Minshew or Locke or Burrow or Minshew? Um, who else? Derek Carr or Gardner Minshew? I'd probably side Minshew, honestly, yeah. because of the rushing, and I think that he's just more apt to throw the ball down the field. So, yeah, but I like Minshew just as a late-run guy. Maybe, I might not have any shares of him, but if guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford – or Drew Locke are taken off the board before I can get them, Minshew would be near the top of my board. So, yeah, that's kind of our summation of Jacksonville, a few fantasy-relevant pieces. We do have them losing the division, probably with a worse record than last year. They won six games last year. I don't know if they can get back to six. Um, I'd say that's probably the best they can do. Four. So Seems fair. Kind of in the same territory as the Bengals, where they have a talented offense, but a lot of question marks. And Jacksonville's defense is probably worse than Cincinnati somehow. So, yeah. Uh, Next team we'll talk about is the Houston Texans. So, Houston is a team last year that we saw make a playoff run. They beat the Chiefs in the regular season and then had one of the, the most memorable collapses in the playoffs. I can recall when... They were up like 24 nothing or 24 points, and the Chiefs came back and boat raced them, and they won by like 20 or 30 points, scored 43 unanswered, some crazy – like it was insane. Patrick Mahomes is an absolute wizard. Very strong-willed team, and then it just all came crashing down. Yeah, so, yeah, we had a team that was in the playoffs as they – were, they were up 24 points on the eventual Super Bowl champions, you know, and mm-hmm. had a very talented team, one of the best wide receivers in the league – not really a formidable running game, but you have one of the best quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league up there with uh, Mahomes himself. But the running game last year wasn't bad. It was good enough. Duke Johnson. Yeah, I it mean, was good had, enough. They had a, a double duo back there that got the work done. Yeah, 
And, you know, we're just reminiscing on all this because Bill O'Brien decided, why do we need DeAndre Hopkins when we could have David Johnson? It's just weird, you know. He wakes up one day and goes, man, I don't have a first-round pick. DeAndre doesn't want to be here. I'll trade him away. Whether so or not trade DeAndre him. wants to be there or not, you keep him there because that you, Watson to Hopkins, like, that was special. You trade him, dude. You trade arguably – the best wide receiver, if not a top three wide receiver in the NFL. You get David Johnson and this is a second round pick, I think. David Johnson and fourth. I don't know. They got another pick. And then you complete that. You get rid of your best wide receiver. Bring in a running back. You still don't have a first round pick. And And you bring in a running back that's way overpaid that you didn't necessarily need. They took that contract. And he's coming off a season where he looked washed. Like, we don't know what David Johnson even is at this point. So he looked terrible last year. The Cardinals went out and traded for Kenyon Drake midseason, and David Johnson was done. Yeah. And now Bill O'Brien was like, oh, we need that guy. 28-year-old guy coming off of an injured season where he looked, like, slower than me. And that's – they not only did they trade for him, but in trading for him, they acquired a huge contract Yeah, that they don't need. They also went out – $12 million, $13 million. It's up there for a running back, you know, and especially one of his age. He's 28 years old, so – the, the Texans are a real head-scratcher. It's hard to count them all the way out because of Deshaun Watson. Because oh, dude, if he wants to win, he'll he, get it done. He's a baller. But the deck is stacked against them this year, yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not looking good. So what are some pieces of the Houston offense that you like for fantasy this year? Um. Deshaun Watson, I mean, we basically just mentioned yeah. it. I mean, the guy, if he wants to win, he's going to win. He's got or he'll talent. at least try and find a way. Yeah. Um, what I do like about Deshaun Watson is that if he can't throw the ball, he's not afraid to run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he just – I mean, Davo Sweeney said he's the Michael Jordan of the NFL of football. I mean, he's going to get it done. He's going to look great doing it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I mean, I think that says something coming from a Colts fan. Yeah. Just be, I you don't really like Houston. Interdivisional but, respect. But Watson's yeah. a good dude as well. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a nice guy off the field. He does a lot for people in the Houston community. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think he's one of them. Um, the other one, which I think a lot of people are kind of – I think they forget that he ended up there, but Brandon Cooks. Yeah, let's talk about Brandon Cooks. So the Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins, and they said, Oh, shit. Let's go out and get Brandon Cooks, guys. How good would that be? You know? And in Cooks' defense, the dude is good. Like, good. Oh, yeah. He played New Orleans, 1,000-yard receiver, gets traded. New England, 1,000-yard receiver, gets traded the Rams, 1,000-yard receiver, he has concussion issues. Last year, he missed a few games. Actually, I think I saw on Twitter, the wonderful fantasy Twitter community, that Cooks has only missed two games in the past few seasons. And we're kind of labeling him as injury prone yeah. because of the concussions. Now, don't get that twisted. He's missed two games, but he was not very effective coming off of those concussions. So 
last season was not a good season for no. them. And I think a lot of people are focusing all on that season. Like they say he's not good. And it's like, look what he's done before that, though. I mean, he was good in New Orleans. He was good in New England. He was good when he first got to L.A. So I have a question in regards to, yeah, he's obviously good. His numbers show that. But is there any concern with the fact he's played on, this will be his fourth team, and he's only, was he 26? He's 26 years old, and he's played on what will be his fourth NFL team. Why can't he stay on a team? So that's a good question, because every time that he gets traded, you never hear anything about his character. Yeah. I mean, he goes and he produces. So last year, he played in 14 games. He was targeted 72 times, 42 receptions, and 583 yards, only two touchdowns. Um, But he missed those two games. His uh, stats in 2018 were prolific, really. He had 80 receptions, 1,200 yards, and five touchdowns. So Pretty decent numbers. Yeah, and he's coming off. Before last year, he put up four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And those are with... New Orleans for one of them, New England for one of them, and L.A. for one of them. So yeah. three different teams, I mean, four you go, total. You go from being Drew Brees' guy to Tom Brady's guy. And, I mean, even in New England, that says, I think if you're a good number one receiver in New England, I think it says something about you because that is a team that plays from the inside out where most play from the outside in. Yeah. But yet him and Randy Moss seem to be the only two – Really outside wide receivers on the New England Patriots to really stand out. I yep. mean, they had Chad Ochocinco, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, and uh, Josh Gordon. You know, there's off-the-field issues there as well, yeah. but one of the the best outside threats of perimeter wide receivers that, like, there's so much potential with Josh Gordon, and he just can't and get Antonio his Brown life off the okay field for one out. game. That one game was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Brandon Cooks. Last year was obviously a down year, and that does raise some concern, but not to Bill O'Brien. He said, yeah. oh, this guy's coming off literally the worst year of his career. Uh, his rookie year, he had 550 yards. So he was basically regressed all the way back to 2014 when he was 21 years old. So um, Bill O'Brien said, that's a guy we can we can take there. Not only did he want the player, he also wanted that contract that came along with it. Another big one. So Brandon Cooks just got paid a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. – yeah. Was after his first year in LA, I think they gave him an extension. Yeah. Yep. And now he is no longer with the Rams. He is with the Texans. We assume will be the wide receiver one there, given. I would imagine because Will Fuller's fucking sucks. He's injured all the time. I think he's super good. And him and Deshaun Watson have an obvious connection. When Fuller's on the field, like Watson has no hesitation throwing the ball up to him. But any one of those receptions could lead to an injury for Fuller. Oh, Tweak yeah. his hamstring. Man, is he even going to catch the ball? I mean, he drops it. He does have some drops. Ton. But I've also seen some absolute circus catches from Fuller where you're just like, he reminds me a little bit of Calvin Benjamin in the like sense where he'll drop stuff that you're like, how in the hell did you, like, how'd you make it to the wide receiver? Or yeah. how did you make it to the NFL? And then like double coverage, he'll just come down with the ball with like glue on his gloves. Yeah. And it's like there was no doubt he was going to catch it. So, um, yeah, Fuller, that's a guy I want to talk about. But I want to hear what you have to say about Cooks first. So we kind of got off on a tangent how he ended up in Houston. But why do you think he's going to be good for fantasy this year? So one thing that I like, and, I mean, Drew Brees, one of the best to do it. Tom Brady, probably the best to do it. 
But I think you get Brandon Cooks around a guy like Sean Watson. They're similar age. You know, they're both hungry. They want to win. I think that's going to, I mean, that's got to be a morale booster for Cooks. And, you know, he's going to have this chip on his shoulder of like, oh, people think I suck now. Yeah, being on guy, got to be able to do it. And he's proven that. I mean, he's a good route route runner. He catches the ball. He's decently fast. He's very fast. I mean, he's he, one of the fastest receivers out of his draft class. He's one of the fastest receivers in the league. He's just small. Yeah, so. he can get it done. Mm-hmm. And so I think with a combination of those three things, the fact that, you know, he has Deshaun Watson now, I would almost argue that Deshaun Watson's better than Jared Goff. Almost argued Sean Watson's way better than Jared Goff. If you, oh man, I just it bums me out that Watson's stuck with a coach like Bill O'Brien because, yeah. oh man, he could be so I don't think good. Bill O'Brien's not going to be there much longer. He's their GM. He, he is not going to make it past this year. The trades I he made guaranteed that the trades he made this offseason like wouldn't have gone through in Madden at all. They wouldn't even been close. It would have been rejected. Yeah, or if like. I was the other team, and I saw that trade come through. I'd be like, "Wow!" And really, that's a <laughs> smash. Except if you run that through a trade calculator for all its dynasty players who who fall back on trade calculators, I'll admit I do use them to to check myself to make sure I'm offering fair trades. That would be like a like a 200 in favor of the other team, not the Texans. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of questions with what the hell's going on in Houston. Um, and not only from like a personnel standpoint, but that's one of the teams that's recently recently been hit with the coronavirus. Yeah, I think I, I like where your head's at with Cooks. I think someone's going to get the passes there. Um, I don't. And are you who are you going to throw it to? Someone who's reliable, or someone that hits them in the hands and they just drop it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then who someone like ten who, yards wide open? Yeah, if he hit, it hits him in the hands, he's wide open, and then he gets hurt at the same time, like. I trust Cooks to stay on the field more. There is some risk um, because of the injuries and the concussions, mostly just the concussions. He had, I think, two or three concussions just last year. Yeah, which so, I, we're also leaving out the fact that they still have Kenny Stills and Kiki Kuti. Yeah, and Kuti was a guy who couldn't stay on the field last year either. I'm looking at their depth chart, and like I don't know the people beyond Stills, Fuller, Cooks, and Kuti. Um, oh, Randall Cobb. Okay, Randall Cobb's a fun one. Uh, he played in Dallas last year. How much do you think Randall Cobb's worth? They gave him a contract. Do you recall Dallas or Houston? Houston. Do you know the number? If you had to guess, I'm going to guess it's like a two-year, eighteen million dollars. That's the guaranteed money. Eighteen million is the guaranteed. Eighteen point seven five million guarantees. What's the contract length? Twenty-seven million. Three-year, $27 million, 18.75 guaranteed. So you look at Kiki Huti, um, not exactly the most reliable. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's really only good when Will Fuller gets hurt and he has to step up. He's a good slot guy. And then you look at Randall Cobb and King Stills. Those guys are past their prime. Oh, yeah. Way past their prime. Yeah, Cobb did, in Dallas last year, at 83 targets. But he's also coming up on 30 years old so wide receivers can play a little bit past 30 but Cobb has never been like an exceptionally great wide receiver he had a few really good years in Green Bay was only good when Jordy was there yeah he had Jordy on the other side and he had one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history throwing the ball so yeah. there was a lot working for Cobb and now he's 
past that peak or prime age uh, for a wide receiver playing on his now third team. And just, just with the wide receivers there, I don't know that he's going to see the field a lot. I think he'll be on the field just because of the money they paid him. But I don't know if that is an investment. Like, I'm not going to be targeting Cobb for any reason in fantasy just because I don't think he's that good anymore. Yeah. So one guy – so we kind of touched on the wide receivers. One guy I do want to touch on is David Johnson at running back just because um, behind David Johnson is Duke Johnson. Those are – and then Buddy Howell is their their third stringer. If you've heard of him, you're probably a, a dynasty or a Debbie player. I don't know who Buddy Howell is, and I am a dynasty player, and he's probably not that good. But um, David Johnson – with the team assuming the contract and trading their franchise wide receiver to acquire this running back, they're going to use him. Um, Bill O'Brien, I think his kind of feet are to the fire right now. He's going to have to prove that he was right for acquiring David Johnson. And the only way to do that is to feed this guy the ball. So and Johnson's a guy who's had injuries pop up over the past two seasons where he hasn't been in hundred percent. And he's only getting older. He's recovering from those injuries a little bit less. Like I remember last offseason, he looked really explosive. He was posting workout videos um, to his social media, looking great, squatting 500 pounds for reps. Like the guy's a freak of nature when he's healthy, but if he gets hurt, he's almost rendered useless. And those injuries seem to pop up a lot more often. They're happening a lot. What was last year's injury? Because the year before that, I think, was a wrist foot or something. Yeah, he dislocated his wrist, and that took him out for the whole year. I think last year was like a foot or an ankle or something. I could be wrong on that, but I do know, do know he missed time, and when he was on the field, he did not look like a, a player you wanted, Yeah, especially for fantasy. So we had – like David Johnson became like a household name in fantasy football in 2016 where he just went off, and he actually – so Todd Gurley's uh, run of greatness, I think in – 2017, 2018, David Johnson's 2016 season was more prolific than Gurley that year. And we just remember how dominant Gurley was. Yeah. So David Johnson was at one time, like the, the hotness in fantasy football. He was also like that team's leading receiver. That year, yeah. I feel like, like he's got great hands and that's what, that's what draws me to David Johnson and in, in the Texans offense is his ability to catch the ball. Even if he's kind of washed as a running back, mm-hmm. he's a guy that can still run routes out of the backfield still catch the ball. And even if he doesn't have a lot of explosiveness after the catch, those points or those receptions will lead to yards and lead to points. So especially if you play in PPR formats of any kind, um, Johnson is worth drafting at his current ADP because he's going to be a starting running back for an NFL team. And where you're going to get him, you're looking at guys who are in committees. Um, Johnson could be in a committee, but he's given his contract. He's going to be paid like the guy. So I like Johnson just for the value. He could kind of, I think, I think he could top out at like a RB 14 or 15, but you're not drafting him there. You're drafting him a little bit later than that. So yeah, that kind of wraps up. I think the important pieces of the Texans, I I don't see anyone else on their depth chart. Their tight ends. There was a couple of games where uh, Darren Fells popped off, but I mean, given the the thin receiver core they have, Fells could be valuable again, but I think it'll take an injury 
for him to kind of have relevance, but given their wide receiver core and injuries, likely, I wouldn't even say it's probably going to happen. It's likely to happen. Um, I guess I just said the same thing twice, but whatever. But yeah, I'll I tell you one thing though. And I mean, this is kind of jumping ship to defense and this would never happen just because I feel like he's a big team guy and a loyalty guy. But if I'm JJ Watt, I'm getting the hells out, yeah. and I'm going to the Steelers to play with my two brothers. Yeah, just to try and you know win, be good, It'd be fun for the parents that can yeah. all root for the same team, and he would instantly go to a, if a I'm not Super going, Bowl contending team. Yeah, if I'm not going there, I'm going like somewhere where I think they have a real shot: yeah. Baltimore, Kansas City. I think he's under contract in, in Texas or in Houston, but like he, oh man, he was so good. He's also been injured pretty often. Yeah, I mean, but he gets injured every year. But I mean, that guy. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch when he's, he's the only thing on that defense that seems to be keeping them alive. Yep. So yeah, that's the Texans in a nutshell, a twenty-minute nutshell. So a few players there worth having. So next, we'll talk about the Titans. So the Tennessee Titans are where we split. And I think they are going to win the division based on what we saw from them last year. When Tannehill took over, they looked like a legit, competent, good team that took down the Patriots and took down the Ravens in the playoffs. And we talked about the the Ravens game in the last pod. And like I think the Ravens would beat the Titans eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10. But that one we saw last year, knocked the Ravens out of that Super Bowl hunt, which was, it was really impressive because no one saw the Titans getting that far. Um, I think the Titans are going to win the division. Cause I think they're, they have a good like pick up where we left off kind of mentality where the Colts are kind of starting with a new quarterback and some young pieces of their offense. We'll get to them next. Um, a couple pieces of the Titans offense, I like for fantasy this year, especially at value, are I'll start with Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback. Um, I talked about liking Gardner Minshew from Jacksonville earlier, and he's another late guy. Tannehill currently is going a lot later than I think he should. Um, I don't think that his efficiency is something we should count on because it was insane, like historically efficient for quarterbacks. That'll regress. That'll go down. But this offense kind of re-identified itself with Tannehill on the field and they had a breakout star wide receiver, which they haven't had. Like they thought Corey Davis was going to be that guy. He never panned out. And AJ Brown is that guy. He looks like an alpha dog wide receiver one for an NFL team. And I think that really opens things up for a team that clearly loves the run and they have the perfect running back to, just pound the ball up down people's throats on uh, Derrick Henry. But this, I think AJ Brown helps Ryan Tannehill and opens up the offense, giving them the ability to throw the ball more than they have previously been able to. Um, so if they're like down in games, Derrick Henry's not going to be the guy that you want to get you back in the game because the clock doesn't stop. You can't get chunk plays as often. Although Derrick Henry just devours grown men while he's, just ruining them and embarrassing their families on television. Um, yeah, game script. Derrick Henry's not like a game script proof running back, but I don't think they need one with uh, the wide receiver talent. 
So Tannehill's a guy going late. You can get a quarterback. Um, if you're a late-round quarterback guy, which people should be because there's guys like Ryan Tannehill just waiting in those late rounds for you. So, um, Al, who do you – who's the first player you want to talk about? Um, so, real quick, I'll just go over the guys that you were talking about. Um, Ryan Tannehill, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the dude. Really? At his value? Yeah. You're out on Ben Tannehill – Minshew. I don't. I just don't think Man. Tannehill has what. It, I mean, it's very similar to Gardner Minshew. I just don't think he has what it takes. They paid him though. He'll do decent. Yeah, oh yeah, good for him. I mean, I'm not mad about that at all. I feel I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, but he doesn't. He just doesn't have the skill set to get it done. And I think. That team relied on the run last year with Derrick Henry, which rightfully they should. I mean, they didn't do it the first three years of that guy's contract. Yeah, four years of his contract. Mind. I mean, it took them three years to figure out if you give him the ball twenty times a game, you're probably going to win. They wouldn't so. use him for like the first twelve weeks, and then he would slowly make his way in. And then by the end of the season, he's got like two hundred yards a game. Yeah. And but now that I think that you you've seen the Titans use him for a full season and teams have seen the Titans use him for a full season. They haven't been like, Oh, well, they're just not going to use Derrick Henry. I think teams will kind of game plan for Derrick Henry. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill has the ability to take advantage of that play action. You know, I think with the op, the amount of opportunity that he'll get, because I do agree teams are going to game plan to stop Derrick Henry, but the more opportunity a quarterback sees, the more chance there is to score fantasy points. So kind of like a Matt Stafford where the, like he's obviously more talented than Ryan Tannehill, but yeah, like with the lack of a run game there, like he sees so many opportunities and he's a guy that can throw for 5,000 yards relatively easily just Uh because of how often he throws the ball. So I think with like increased opportunity will come decreased efficiency, but the opportunity and the volume should bode in Tannehill's favor, which is why I see him as a value at quarterback because he could give you 18, 20, 15 points. And he's also, he's a former wide receiver in college at Texas A&M. Yeah. So he's mobile. So he has the option to take off and run. And I suppose, I don't disagree with the fact that volume is going to go up. I don't think his accuracy is good enough to, I guess, complete those passes. And I don't know. I think, I see what you're saying. I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be as good as what everybody expects him to be. Oh. And they're like, oh, well, he came off the bench behind Marcus Mariota and just took that team to the playoffs, which I, I don't disagree with. I agree with you, but I don't think people think he's going to be that good because I think he's currently ranked at like QB 17. So in a one-quarterback, 12-team league, he is literally like a guy you can just pick super late. I think what he did last year, he'll be drafted, but – I don't think people are expecting him to finish as like a top five guy, but if you draft him expecting like a top 10, I think he can do top 10 just given the weapons and the efficiency. So I just don't think so. You know, no, but that being said, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything else you said about the Titans team with Derrick Henry and then, um, AJ AJ Brown. Brown. I mean, I think AJ Brown has potential, as you start to see players retire and get older, I think A.J. Brown will start to come into the spotlight as maybe a top wide receiver in the mm-hmm. league. I think I, I just think he has what it takes to be that player. Um, 
and I think we said this last week, maybe. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was good with uh, quarterbacks like Case Keenum, Tom Savage. Um, Not necessarily good quarterbacks Matt, you want leading your team. Yeah, Matt Schaub. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. Brockett. Yeah. You love the Brockett. You, you love the Brockett. If he came out of retirement You're sitting right here now, bagging on Tannehill. If he came out of retirement right now, I would follow him to any team he went to. But, um, I mean, so I think A.J. Brown, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is going to be his quarterback. And, I mean, if he sucks and they replace him, who's going to be his quarterback then? Cole McDonald, boy. I think, I think he still has the abilities to be good with any quarterback they put in that position. My two people on that team that I like the most are Derrick Henry. Um, I think you'll see his volume go down. I don't think they will use him as much. I think he will be the focal point of that offense, but I don't think he, he saw over 300 rush attempts last year. Yeah. I don't think Mm -hmm. he will not. I don't think he'll get that high mainly because I think they'll try. I think they would try and preserve him. If they did make it to the playoffs, I think they would try and reserve. That's a good point. But I think, in the same, like, just to play devil's advocate, like, I don't think they're going to re-sign him to a long-term deal. So, he's a guy I could see them just, like, absolutely running into the ground. Like, I see what the Jacksonville Jaguars doing to Leonard Fournette this year. Like, hey, man, you're out. We already declined your option. But while you're here, we're going to use and abuse you. Um, and if they have that plan to move on from Derrick Henry next year, <clears throat> he could have 300 touches again. And just, he could honestly finish as... RB1 or RB2 again. Here's the thing. If RB3, I'm the, I think. If year. I'm the Titans, I maybe don't count out the fact that, like, I don't want to sign him to a long-term deal. You can franchise tag him again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I would do. I would just give him another what he, franchise What if he holds out or if he refuses to play? I mean, that's always, especially in today's mm-hmm. NFL, I mean, that's always, yeah. a, that's always a real risk. He wants his contract. I think he's 26, going on 27. So he's coming up on that, the end of those years where he can get that second deal. So every year, especially 300 rush attempt years, yeah. they just take away at his value to teams. Like, he's obviously good. And well, I think just now, freak like, of nature. The, his franchise tag is like $12 million or yeah, something. he's making good money. If they franchise tag him again, that's going to go up. Oh, because of the deal McCaffrey just signed. It's going to yeah. inflate that, that franchise tag value. Like if I was, so he's, Henry, I mean, he's still gonna get paid. It sucks. It's cool to play on your franchise deal, tag, but yeah, I understand also the the want for a long term deal. But with like how we've seen Todd Gurley's long term deal pay out, yeah, and um, it may be worth not taking a long term deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, let Just them franchise tag you again, play on a few short term deals your, for your few bucks, your fourteen million dollars, thirteen million dollars, whatever it would equate to, and then dip and go to yeah. like a team like I don't. Philly that needs oh, a running back. Or, I think Miles Sanders is good, but like Philly would red the Redskins yeah. that need a running back. It's like Philly would team, soak up Derrick Henry. Another team that's like willing to pay you eleven million dollars, twelve million dollars. Yeah, I mean, look what the the Jets did for Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I just don't know if we're going to see that kind of money going to running backs. But we have Dalvin Cook currently holding out, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see what he gets. He reportedly said he was disrespected by the offer. Wanted $16 million a year right up there uh, in the same breath as Christian McCaffrey. That's not going to happen, um, especially with Cook's injury history. But anyways, back to Henry. He's a special player, like just an absolute beast of a man. 
And I, I'm in the camp where I think he will they'll, – they'll use him until they can't. But one of the players I want to talk about next is a reason I do think his volume could go down, and that is rookie Darrington Evans. Um, they, Another reason why you think you might see them move on from Derek yeah, Henry yeah. is because they did draft Evans third round. Yeah. So, and this is another reason why I like Tannehill, and I'll kind of explain that thought process um, because I think with I project um, Derek Henry to be gone from the team next year, and Darrington Evans is not the same guy. Darrington Evans is. 205 pounds, 5'10". He's a speedy back. He profiles similarly. Like You want to use the comp of Deion Lewis because Deion Lewis was on the team. I would say he's more of a James White, and they play very similar. Like It's kind of nitpicky, but I just think James White is a better player. I think Darrington Evans has a skill set similar to that of James White. He's good um, as a runner, but really gifted as a receiver. That's Uh where we see James White do most of his damage. So kind of going back to my kind of appreciation for Ryan Tannehill is because I think that with the emergence of A.J. Brown as a legitimate receiving threat, we could see a re-identification of the Titans offense as a whole to less of a run, run, run and more of a kind of a West Coast, kind of like the 49ers where like Jimmy Garoppolo is not an elite quarterback, but he's a guy that can give you top 12 weeks on a regular basis because he he gets his receivers the ball and lets them do the work and we saw aj brown have just a ton of um, yards after catch yard i think it was up to close to nine yards after the catch um last year could be wrong but um he had a historic season with as a rookie so if you give a quarterback like ryan Tannehill easy targets and you kind of re-identify yourself as a team that just must run the ball and with Henry gone, it's something's going to have to give. And I think Darrington Evans, not only in year one, but in year two and moving forward with Evans as kind of the running back there, um, it could lead to kind of a, a new look for the Titans offense where they do throw the ball more. So touching on Evans briefly, so I just mentioned him as the running back. I don't think he's going to be a workhorse. He's not built for that. He's not very big, but if we see like many NFL teams are doing like a running back by committee, he's talented enough to lead a committee. So the very first article I wrote for our website was actually about Darrington Evans. So this is a player I've liked for quite a while now. And one thing that I really was impressed with was his volume at Appalachian state. He averaged 18.3 rushing attempts, rushing attempts per game at Appalachian state, his final year there. And his receiving numbers were pretty good as well. He's a really, really good playmaker. He's good in special teams as well as a kick returner and punt returner. So he's a weapon, like just a weapon. It's going to be dangerous with the ball in his hands. And I think that he's a perfect change of pace back and a compliment to Derrick Henry that could see his involvement just go up as he gets familiar with the NFL play speed and kind of just uh, comes into his own at this next level of football a guy that could lead a running back by committee as like the, the majority shareholder of the committee, I guess. So I'm excited about Evans. I picked him up everywhere I could in dynasty and I will continue to do that um, in this 14 team league. So he's one of the guys on my radar, but yeah, 
Jonu Smith. I think, Al, do you have anything to say about Jonu Smith? I think him and Corey Davis, like Corey Davis is, he's a fir- former first round pick and we saw Devontae Parker fifth year breakout. Corey Davis is going into year four. I think they declined his fifth year option, um, but he's still obviously a talented player worth a late round dart throw because he's going to be on the field, I guess, but he's yeah. not a guy you're going to have to draft with much draft capital. But Jonu Smith, I think is a name at tight end that, we can talk about just for a couple yeah, minutes here. And I feel like, I don't know, we talked about him two weeks ago in our mother draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't necessarily want to beat it into the ground and recap it, but I do think he is one that will, tight end-wise, I think he'll be a top five tight end. You do? I, yeah. I don't think I'll, I'll look at that high because I, there's a few players I like more, but – this year, more than any year I can remember since I've been playing, there's a lot of tight ends that I would be happy to have on my team. So in the years past, it would be like, if you don't get Gronk or Kelsey, it's just like, you're screwed. Yeah. But this year, you have, obviously, Gronk, Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Ertz are kind of the top five names. And beyond mm-hmm. that, there's so many guys. And Jonu Smith is one of those names that you can get super late as a, a late tight end. And this is a guy that's going to start every week. He's super athletic. He's really young. Yeah, um, I mentioned in a previous podcast, he's literally played running back for that team before. He's yeah, that kind of athlete. And so. outside of AJ Brown, I think he's the, the second option. There's on the a team. Or there's a very or legitimate case for him to be second in line because Corey Davis is a guy that's been inconsistent with the looks he's gotten, and Joni Smith is that safe over the middle. Um, he's he's a kind of a hybrid of like an Evan Ingram with the athleticism, but he's a better blocker than Evan Ingram. So I think Delaney Walker and Evan Ingram, he's like a kind of a perfect, perfect combination of those two guys and could really develop into a really good player. So still a young guy. I'm really excited about moving forward. So yeah. Anyone else in the Titans? That's really about it. Um, Let's be honest. It's time to get down to the good. Yeah. Alex wants to talk about his Colts. I still think the Titans are going to win the division. I just think their defense really came into its own last year. And the fact that they're just picking up from a, a deep playoff run, now adding players like Darrington Evans to their offense, you have AJ Brown fully just emerged and ready to go as a wide receiver one. I like what the Titans have going on in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel at the helm. So we will move on to the Colts and I'll tell Alex why they're not going to win the division. Here's why the Colts are going to be good. Hold on. Before you just rip into me, I'm not going to say the Colts are going to be bad. Okay. I think that they won't win the division. Okay. Here's why the Colts will win the division. Is it because Phillip Rivers? Absolutely not. I don't think he's going to be great, but I don't think he's going to be bad. I think with Frank Reich and the offensive weapons he has and the offensive line, he'll have a better shot in Indy to be good than he had in I want to say San Diego, but Los Angeles. Good save. Um, he'll be uh, he'll be middle of the pack. I think you, you can see him as QB thirteen. I think that's a decent area you'll see him in somewhere in that range from ten to fifteen. High in Q or high in QB two. Yeah, but not necessarily a guy that you like. He's a streaming quarterback essentially. You yeah. play matchups with him. Other reasons: offensive line, absolutely. Stacked, yes, yeah. one I mean, of the best in the league. Just, it's just none. a wall. It's just a wall of humans. Good luck getting through it. T.Y. Hilton, I've said it about Jarvis Landry. I think T.Y. Hilton's another very underrated wide receiver in the league. 
Jack Doyle, white chocolate, Mr. Hands, Mr. Athletic Move, fall down. All right. I mean, the guy, he'll catch the ball, but he's only getting you about four yards. Guess what? Good, first, good in the red zone. First down's 10 yards. Big guy. Boom. Halfway there almost. Then you have Michael Pittman. He was added through the draft this year. Um, he's a guy that will start immediately. And you oh, mentioned yeah. before that. He'll instantly be the number two wide receiver on yeah. the team. And it, uh, just because position they've lacked size. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a big dude. He's 6'4". But yeah, yeah, he's big. And so, I think his wingspan's six seven. Yeah, he's a big dude, and that's something the Colts have been missing. They tried to get it in Devin Funches last year, and that's terrible. Pan out because he got hurt. But. Then the other reason they'll be good, and you didn't really see him last year, but it's gonna be Paris Campbell. I was gonna say in the him. slot, and I think Paris Campbell could be one of Philip Rivers' top targets on mm-hmm. that team. Not to mention that. We have Marlon Mack in the backfield, who will start out as that team's running back during the season. Yeah, and I mean, just over the past season, two seasons, he's shown that he can do it. He can be be that guy. He does have injuries, but guess what? He gets injured. Bring in Jonathan Taylor, very comparable to Ezekiel Elliott. He's just a little bit smaller. Like I think you said earlier, I think he's a Zeke light. I think they're the same. I think I said Zeke light, like not in terms of like he's lighter. Physically, I think they're like basically the same player physically. Um, but we've seen Zeke have a season of high target volume. Yeah. And that's Taylor's knock. That and his fumbles, which like can be taken care of. Get him with a, an NFL running back coach. He can he can correct the fumbles. But we haven't seen a high volume of targets go Jonathan Taylor's way in college. But we've also talked about the fact that he put back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing seasons up, so why are you going to ask this guy to do anything more than that? Yeah. Another reason they're going to be good is that whole defense. I mean, that defense is stepping up. You have, young. you have Leonard, linebacker, Anthony Walker, linebacker. They In the draft, they added Isaiah Rogers, cornerback, Rob Windsor, defensive tackle, and Julian Blackman, Safety. You're forgetting the best addition to their defense. DeForest Buckner. Oh, they yeah. They traded dude. away their first round pick yeah. to the 49ers and acquired a 25 year old stud defensive yeah. tackle. Like, a great move. I'm all right with them getting around the first round pick mm-hmm. for DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner is a first round talent. You so. have uh, Buckner, Houston, and then Leonard. Uh, Leonard, yeah. I mean, those three guys are putting pressures on quarterback left and right. Malik Hooker, they declined his fifth year option, but they said, I mean, it's they approved. can still resign him. If it's he, approved if he balls year. out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Malik Hooker has been, I mean, he's been pretty decent. Dude, Rodrigo Blankenship, best punter in the game, dude. Kicker <laughs> out of Georgia, goggles. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're Who's thinking Rigoberto yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they signed Rodrigo Blankenship to replace Adam Vinatieri. Rex I don't see him on this roster. So did he retire? Vinny? Yeah. I uh, was a free agent. Okay. He said he wanted to play this year, though. Interesting. But, yeah, I, I agree with everything you, you said I mean, about those the are all Just the, the defense is way better than, than the Titans' defense. The offense. I think they are. Has way, way more weapons. Phil Rivers is way better than Ryan Tannehill. The offensive line is better than the Titans. They might have him in the run game, but I think Jonathan Taylor is going to step up. Yeah, I think the Colts will be a better team with Taylor in the backfield full-time. They have more wide receiver options. Janu Smith, 
probably better than Jack Doyle. Yeah, there's, let's not forget they also added guard Danny Pinter in the draft out of Ball State. Chirp, chirp, Ooh. alma mater. Let's see here. He's gonna third I string. Think, yeah, <laughs> third yeah. string. <laughs> Game changer Man. from the third string. Position, not far though. from not far from Muncie where we're at. Yeah. See, I like I said, I don't think the Colts are going to be bad, but I think this is a situation similar to what we see with Pittsburgh and Baltimore where you have an incumbent division winner and you don't just want to look and see who won last year and just say they're going to win this year. I think there's yeah. plenty of teams where there's going to be some major shakeups within the division. And sadly enough, I think the NFC North is going to be one of those where the Packers, they won the division last year and then went 13-3. and three. There's a lot of questions this year, and I, I don't have them winning it, and that, that hurts to say. Do you have the Vikings um, winning that division? I do as well. So – but yeah, like it's no disrespect or knock on the Colts. I just don't know. It, it does help that Frank Reich and Philip Rivers have a relationship from the past, but Philip Rivers looked not great last year. Oh, I agree. And, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, so I'm not going to count there's on. There's plenty of people that have bounce back seasons. Not at 38. 38 years old. I well, think, maybe he'll be the first. Well, you're, you're in on that. I'm not personally. Like if I was drafting like i think Tannehill. do you want to make a bet on who finishes higher rivers or Tannehill? sure all right we'll come up with a bet i don't know what our betting system is going to be one to back down from a challenge we i will while we're on the cop of quarterback so i will say i do not like the whole jacob Eason pick not a fan not a fan so this is basically like the Colts are in win now mode and that's that's kind of crazy with philip rivers at 38 coming off a pretty poor season so yeah I like the Colts. I, I like their offense, and I want their offense in fantasy. I I literally have Jonathan Taylor in every single dynasty league that I play in. We no. play in a number of them That's together. That's a good pick. I think he's a, he's my first running back. I drafted him in the second round, I think, right after I drafted Chris Godwin. This is a 14-team league, so it's you gotta, you got to take your shot on the guys. I wouldn't have gotten him if I waited another round. But I think he's going to be that good. This guy, he's a stud. I, I like Pittman a lot. Um, I think if he can stay healthy, T.Y. Hilton's going to be good. Paris Campbell out of the slot, he's really, really, really fast. And they drafted him to be a playmaker, and he was kind of banged up last year. There's a lot going on. I think their defense is good. But I don't think that the Colts can rise. James Houston had like nine sacks last year. Hmm? James Houston? Yeah. He's pretty old, too. And that just goes under the radar. Like, if you put the Colts on the field with the Ravens. Oh, they'll get beat. But with the Titans, you saw them beat the Ravens. So I think the Titans can play. And that sucks, too, because I think Frank Reich is like one of the best coaches in the league. But we've seen the Raven or the Titans win games they weren't supposed to. And I don't know if we see that with the Colts. I think that they're kind of a – if you look at a, a team that's better on paper, they're probably going to be better on the field. How do you say that, dude? Last year, the Colts beat the Chiefs. They beat the oh. Super Bowl winners. So they're just going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, we basically <laughs> won the Super Bowl last year. No, no, I don't know. They're like stuff happens. Um, like the Chargers were pretty terrible last year, but they made the Packers look like freaking Pee Wee team, and the 49ers did that twice. But they were the the, the runners up. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I don't trust the Colts to come back with a new quarterback, an old quarterback, and take a step up 
I don't think they're going to be worse than Jacksonville or Houston. I think those teams are just trying to figure too much out right now and a lot of new faces. Phillip Rivers is really the only brand new face in this offense and Michael Pittman, but I think Michael Pittman fits exactly what they need. Oh yeah. So he's going to be like T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman are going to be like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So Phillip Rivers is going to be familiar with having a good route runner and a good deep threat. He's already had that. Phillip Rivers isn't going to miss a beat. I I mean, I saw an interview where I guess he had just, him and his family had just moved to town and he was talking about how he's really enjoyed the city and the weather. And I mean, that says something because the weather here sucks. Yeah, it's pretty humid, crappy. But he's also we skipped spring. He's we also went from yeah. winter to summer. Yeah, it's it's pretty miserable here. Philip Rivers is also already looking at life after football. So I don't know how many years he's trying to keep playing. Well, so is Drew Brees, but he's forty three. No, it's Tom Brady. Drew Brees forty one, I think. Aaron Rodgers says he sees the eighteenth hole, but he wants to play into his forties. He's only thirty six. Yeah, but I mean, you still you have to plan. I don't know. You I got to plan. You can't. I yeah. think with so the difference between those players and Philip Rivers is like Drew Brees is good and has made the playoffs, and Rodgers is still making the playoffs. And like Philip Rivers hasn't done that in a few years. Yeah, because he hasn't had a team. He's got the team now. I just I think it's it's a, a big ask to to go to a new team and take them to a division divisional championship and a playoff run. And the fact that they play in the AFC, like they're not going to beat the Ravens, they're not going to beat the Chiefs, and I don't think they can beat the Titans. So, and I do see your point, and I think this is going to be one of those where it could go either way. Like with the Steelers and the Ravens, uh, I posted our previous podcast and asked them, like, who thinks the Steelers can rebound and take down the the Ravens? And quite a few people were like, yeah, I'm on that. So I think the Colts can be looked at as like the Steelers of this division, where all the pieces are in place for them to go and knock off the reigning champ. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think the Titans are are set up to do it again. And if they run that offense the same way, it's going to be really hard to stop, especially not even the same way. Cause I think they'll expand it. And I think they added Darrington Evans to expand it. And that's just one guy, but I think he's really, really talented. So yeah, Evans is, I'm a big fan of Evans. So I see what you, what you see in the Colts. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the division. I'm just not going to pick them to do it. That's fair. Um, I mean, I don't, need you, I don't need you to pick them because they're going to do it. That's There's the confidence of the Colts fan. Um, yeah, they're, they're a good team. And they are an offense I want for fantasy purposes as well. There's a lot of pieces that I will be targeting in every draft, um, redrafting Dynasty. So, yeah, I drafted Taylor. You drafted Pittman in this um, 14 team league. So, yeah, I think this will be a fun division to watch. Mm-hmm. And you get to watch the, the Texans and the Jaguars duke it out for last. I think the Jags have that Suckers. on lock. But, um, yeah, this is the, the AFC South recap. We're not going to do like a, a summation of like players we like, just go back through. And I'll put times of when we start talking about each team in the description so you can just kind of back up to hear players from each team so that concludes episode six our second divisional breakdown covered the afc south like i said just a a second ago i'll put times in the description so you can scroll through the pod and go team by team if there's another team that you want to hear or a, a specific team you want to hear fantasy relevant players for um 
yeah, make sure you hop on. We had to make a new Twitter page. Details of that are at the beginning of episode five All right, B. of all the stuff that went down there. But a giveaway is posted on the new Twitter page. We're trying to get back up to 60 followers, and that giveaway will kick off. So I think we're, we cracked 40 today um, in a week of the new Twitter handle. The new Twitter handle, please go follow, is at A2Z underscore FFB. And yeah, give us uh, like feel free to engage, interact, ask us questions, post polls, check out our website, um, send us questions, huh? Send us yeah. questions, and yeah. We'll just go over them on here. Yeah, that's a great point too. We want we want to uh, kind of open up the the I podcast don't content. Football related or not? Yeah, ask us anything. We have a lot of opinions, <laughs> and we can get off track pretty easy. So, um, which I'm sure you've noticed with the the length of some of these podcasts, but. Hopefully they're engaging and I think it's fair to say that you're pretty much looking at an hour po- around an hour podcast. Yeah, just get used to it. <laughs> Deal with it. If we, you don't want to listen to it, don't listen. Yeah, we got enjoy it. Then continue to listen. Tell a friend. Yeah. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, rate, and review. Um, trying to figure out how to get us on Apple Pods, but for now, Spotify is the easiest place to find us. Um, hop on the website as well. That's posted in our bio. I wrote an article last weekend. Uh, about breakout and sleeper wide receivers. So that's a position I've traditionally had success in hitting on those players before they break out. And those are just gold to your fantasy team. When you can get a guy who's going to finish inside the top 10 in like the third or fourth round of your draft. So yeah, there's quite a few guys that I like and I touch on some of them in that article. So check that out. Would you say you mainly hit that in redraft or redraft for sure? Yeah. Yeah. So like in the fourth round, some examples previously, like I had Godwin last year, Juju the year before that I had Allen Robinson, his breakout year, Tyreek Hill, his breakout year. So just, those are some examples of players that how many redraft uh, leagues have you won? uh, Not enough. I feel like I get screwed over pretty bad, but I've had that ratio is not as great. I've had the best record. (laughs) I've had the best record in, our redraft league for like two or three years in a row now can't do it though and i've gotten third twice in a row now so just missing that that championship but this will be the year man because i got breakout wide receivers lined up that i haven't even told you about the dirty Unless desert's you go, a tough lead you go read the article so um yeah share that with uh with anyone you can because i think the content's good and i will just kind of pat myself on the back and kind of shout out jj zacharyson the late round quarterback podcast or the yeah the late round podcast he did a breakout episode the day after i wrote this article and we talked about the exact same players and i was super pumped so did he ever retweet you no tag jj at late round at late round qb on twitter and let him know like hey this guy called your players you reading this article listen to his stuff i'm just kidding you know, stealing his content but yeah i was excited about that so check out that article because i i am right in line with some pretty good minds in the business and that, that's exciting so we're on the right track so yeah follow us on twitter and instagram and we'll see you next time peace